get started. And of course, people will jump in as they see fit. Benil, why you? Oh, it is recording. Okay, so we started the recording. So we've officially begun the call. Welcome, everyone, to the Interledger Community Call, our monthly call where we check in on what's going on in the Interledger network and looking at different ecosystem partners and developers um, and partners and collaborators and grantees to see where our collective work is moving to. Um, in the chat, you will see a link to our public note-taking doc. That's got all the meeting notes um, for this meeting going back uh, months and months, if not years, um, and has a pretty robust schedule, uh, schedule and agenda for today, including links and various other things. Feel free to comment or otherwise add to that document. Please sign in the roll call. And we love it when you share asynchronous updates, or if we have a little time at the end, you can shout out any updates or otherwise message us. The chat is also yours. Use it. Um, and we've got various teammates looking at uh, that as well. Um, and we will move forward. So um, welcome. My name is Chris. Chris and Benil from the Interledger Foundation host this call. So Welcome. And first up, actually, we're going to jump right in with some, uh, is Adrian on the call, Benil? I can't see. Or is it going to be Matthew that does our, that piece? So Adrian's not on yet. Can we skip to, skip us for the minute? Yes. Adrian is meant to be giving the announcements. I'm just checking what, if he's having an issue. Gotcha. So I will jump to some interledger updates, but while we wait for that, um, basically, um, a lot of our updates center around our upcoming summit, which I think most of you know is uh, coming up in November. In the agenda, you can see all kinds of important links. I would definitely call out that we've started to announce some keynote speakers. So they're in bullet point one, Stefan, Brianna, Maha, Isabel. Um, fix that, actually. There we go. Isabel Cruz um, are our big keynote speakers. We have got more announcements on the programming coming soon. Uh, the website, obviously, is where you can track most of that, um, where we've been putting our announcements. Got a couple of calls to action here that I think are essential. Even if you're thinking about coming or you want to come, go ahead and sign up for a ticket. That's that link there. Save your spot. Um, we do have a limited amount of people that we're going to be able to have with the space considerations, et cetera. So it's a good idea to do that ASAP. Also, um, we are heading into the deadline of August 15th for our call for speakers. Um, you also see that link there in the notes. Again, deadline is August 15th. So got some time, but it's time. The uh, sand in the hourglass is beginning to wear out for sure. Uh, I'll tell you, we've been looking at them. We got 34 submissions already in there and some really competitive ones. Some people really putting their best foot forward and on all kinds of fronts of things uh, around financial inclusion, the technology, all kinds of new and interesting conversations and advancing important ones. Um, and if you are even thinking about coming and you're unsure or you know that you're going to need visa help, please see um, that link down at the bottom where we do have resources uh, for Visa. And please 100% reach out to us, reach out to me or Vanille or, or our uh, various ways you can connect with us. Slack is a good one. Uh, do a shout out to our community Slack. And if you're running into issues, problems, or you need something from us, we are here to assist you. Reach out to us and we'll, we will see what we can do to help. Um, also, I think last last time we were struggling with showing the venue video, but you can see this ILP Summit uh, venue preview. The link is there. You can watch the video. And yes, Aiden, it is actually a beautiful spot. I've been there myself, and I can personally attest, as can Benil. And then 
big shout out, which we'd be probably be going deeper on in some future calls. Um, but just a shout out and uh, that uh, our, our Interledger ambassador, Jeremiah, is working on our Interledger.social Mastodon instance. It is now live. You can see the link for that um, there and, and the announcement and some of the descriptions. Please go ahead and get an account there. Uh, Jeremiah is available to do some walkthroughs if you want to reach out to him on Slack. And we will be going deeper on this, I believe, in our next community call. So... Uh, those are some Interledger updates. Before we move on, and I'm not even sure Adrian's here yet, but let me kick it over to Alex, who's going to talk a little bit more on the summit front and the uh, plans for the hackathon. Right. So when you sign up for the when we sign up for the tickets, you'll have a little checkbox that says, "Would you like to participate in the hackathon?" I strongly encourage you to to to, to, to hit yes in that because uh, as opposed to the summit, we have an even tighter uh, participation number close to, to that. I don't think uh, anyone, everyone at the summit will be able to join the hackathon. So highly encourage you to, to sign up for the hackathon. In terms of what to expect, so the summit has a cocktail party. If you've been at the summit last year, it's a very similar timeline. There's a cocktail party the day before, that's the fifth for us. Uh, where you'll see the amazing people that are our grantees showcase some of the work they've been working on while we enjoy a very good DJ and some uh, some cocktails. There's two days of talks, the 6th and the 7th, which are various different formats and various different spaces. And the last day of the summit, the 8th, uh, we're going to have a full day hackathon. So far, we have identified challenges for Rafiki, for open payments, and for organization, but we are working with our partners who want to bring a challenge to the summit. Uh, Hint, FinBoss, um, GitHub is also one of the, the, the people who are bringing challenges to the, the hackathon. The format is about 20 minutes of good morning, about six and a half hours of hacking, and about an hour of presenting or demoing your hack to the judges, a panel of judges. And at the end of it, every challenge has prizes attached to it. In terms of what to expect for prizes, I'm not going to give anything away now. It's not going to be cash. It's going to be all kinds of interesting gadgets. We have a list. We're checking it twice. Uh, I strongly encourage you to, to sign up for the hackathon to come with an idea with a demo in front of everyone. We'll have the teams that work on Rafiki, work monetization, the test net available and prowling around to help anyone that needs help getting set up or getting some development help into that project. We have about 20 people already there that can help you with your uh, with your intelligent work. And that's about it for me. Hopefully, I'll see about 80 of you at the, at the hackathon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Alex. Um, all right. I you see on the chat that Adrian has entered the virtual room. So Matthew's been warming us up for a couple of the past calls that we've got some exciting announcements and some updates from Fine Boss team. So Adrian, take it away. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a long time coming, and and I do want to apologize to the broader community that it feels like. Um, this should have happened a really long time ago, but uh, <laughs> but we are finally uh, taking down our waitlist, at least for US users. We've been doing some pretty extensive testing the last few weeks, friends and family, um, and we're pretty confident that uh, everything's working as expected. The, the plumbing is all in place. We haven't spotted any new leaks. 
um, the money moves from left to right and back again. Um, so, yeah, if you're US-based uh, and have a debit card, we would love you to sign up, um, link your card to the wallet. That's how you get money in and out. Uh, and give us your feedback. The, the, the kind of the way to think of what we've managed to put out so far is um, we've got all of the basic functionality that we want to have in the wallet, but, but really only one flavor of it, if that makes sense. So you, you can sign up. You can, um, you can connect uh, an account. At the moment, the only flavor of account we can connect is a uh, debit card, a US debit card. Um, you can connect a credit card, but that would only be able to receive funds. It won't be able to send. Uh, and then you can connect an identity. So today, the only identity you can connect is a Twitter account or X account. Um, you do that through an OAuth you know, uh, flow from within the wallet. Our goal is to keep adding uh, different flavors of both of those things, different accounts and different identities, and for the Fameless wallet to become kind of a you know a digital version of your wallet you hold in you know in your pocket, uh, and then for people to be able to use those identities to find you, pay you, and use those different accounts as the way to get money in and out of the ecosystem. Um, now that this is all uh, set up. Uh, big um, priority for us, and I was discussing this with Alex last week in London, uh, is to get Rafiki um, spun up and and to allow our folks to start accessing these accounts through open payments uh, and and also Interledger. So um, I don't want to put anybody else on the spot here. So suffice to say, there are other companies um, deploying Rafiki who we're going to be looking to pair with. I think um, in the context of what Alex was saying around the hackathon, uh, we haven't come up with any specific challenges ourselves, but our goal will be that by the time we get to the summit, anyone who's building on open payments can use whatever they've built uh, with a Fainbos wallet and real money. So, um, so that's, the, that's the idea. So to answer a couple of the questions, um, you can sign up if you have a US issued debit card and you have a, uh, you know, and your ad address is um, the same as that billing address. So if you have a US address, you don't necessarily have to be living there right now, but that needs to have been an address of yours. So um, just to explain, we are keeping transaction values fairly small right now. I think I'll have to check, but I think our limits are in a few hundred dollars a day. Um, and, and certainly a few, I think max 250 per transaction. Uh, so what that means is the KYC that we do is relatively light. We're not going to ask you to upload any documents. Uh, we're not going to ask you to, um, uh, you know, do anything to proof of address or anything like that. You'll give us your name, your date of birth, your uh, social security number. We don't even capture that stuff directly. We're using a, a third-party service called Persona. This is their bread and butter, uh, KYC. They, um, they are SOC 2 certified and, and have all of the necessary you know, certifications to guarantee that your personal data is being looked after. They will um, do what we call a database check. So they'll just make sure that um, the data you provide us matches, you know, data that's stored in publicly available databases. Uh, I, we don't know exactly who they use. I'm, I'm presuming most companies that do this will use 
uh, services like LexisNexis and 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 so on, um, and they'll basically come back with a uh, with a, a like a risk score. They'll they'll let us know that the data that you've submitted seems legit, and that's enough for us. Um, if if in future we want to increase the um, transaction limits and we want to allow people to do bigger transactions, which is not on our roadmap for now, obviously like primary use cases of small person-to-person -person payments, web monetization and so on, then we would introduce higher levels of KYC and we would need you to do things like potentially upload a government ID and so on. So um, we, you should find the onboarding process pretty straightforward, pretty streamlined. Uh, if you don't, please let us know. Um, you once you signed up you will be able to pick a payment pointer so your wallet address um is you know fainboss.me whatever whatever you choose um there's a couple of if you go check out my wallet address um today you'll get an idea of what they look like um and i'm just going to drop it in the chat here um so you'll have a public page like this but you can control everything that's there there's a few features there that are not available to everyone yet the profile picture is something we've hard coded in just to test out some design the linkedin is not available yet to everyone you can choose whether you want to put your uh, link twitter account on there or not you don't have to um you choose what public name you want to put on there so you can call yourself whatever you like but that's the name that other people will see if they want to send a payment to your wallet address um so so all the plumbing is there basically you'll you'll be able to sign up you'll be able to you know get a verified account to do the kyc uh link a card and you're ready to go we do sending from that card and pushing money to that card um we don't hold any funds as, as it stands now. Um, we're still figuring out exactly how we're going to do that for web monetization. What we will probably do is hold a ephemeral account um, that you can cash out on demand if you earn web monetization. And if you want to send web monetization, we'll have sort of a, a an account that you credit on demand. So um, we obviously can't charge your card for like five cents at a time. Um, so we'll have something like a minimum a minimum spend from your card and then if you don't use all of that sending web monetization straight away those credits will will sit around and for a period of time and if you don't use them up then we'll refund them back onto your card um so that's all still kind of in design and in development but but yeah very happy to say the basics are there we'd love to get some feedback um you know big kudos to the team it's been a it's been a mammoth effort we've we've gone back and forth and I would say pretty much rebuilt this two or three times to to deal with. Um, I think we're on to a fourth partner now that um, that's allowed us to get the licensing we needed to to operate in the U.S. Um, so it's yeah, it's been a it's been uh, <laughs> it's been quite a quite an adventure to get here. And and then uh, I also want to say a big thanks to um, Alex and and Sabine and the rest of the ILF team, Chris. Um, they've been very supportive and very patient with us. Um, so, you know, we, we're looking forward to continuing to work work with them. We've got a, a lot of stuff in the pipeline that we want to get out. And, and we know there's a whole community depending on us. Um, so, we, yeah, we haven't forgotten that. We just, we had to sort of really scale back on the scope of what we were going to get out in our MVP just so we could get something. Um, and then our plan is to, you know, iterate, build on that. So, 
very excited to to have it finally over the line and and thanks matt and the team for for that and thanks all of you for yeah for your patience um look forward to your feedback um please any feedback at all if you spot a pixel out of line we've got uh we've got some perfectionists working on our front end they'll they'll appreciate that um and and if you figure out how to break it tell us what you did and we'll, we'll try and make sure and no one else is able to do that um yeah, so that's it. Thanks, Chris, and, and uh, looking forward to getting feedback. And um, and as I say, the roadmap going forward is you know iterations on the the type of accounts, the type of um, rails we'll support, and the type of identities. Uh, we've actually done most of the work for LinkedIn already, and we've also done most of the work to be able to link a website. So if you want to prove you're the owner of a website and tie that to your wallet address, um, we've done a lot of that as well. So that's quite a nice way to tie in if you put a payment pointer on a website. Also, like the wallet can prove that that website belongs to you. Um, so that's sort of the immediate stuff on the roadmap, and 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 then uh, you know Rafiki open payments and, and web monetization. Um, for us, the the goal will be to have all of that up and running and working with APIA on the network before we meet um, before we meet in Costa Rica. See a couple of people in the queue, um, so I'll leave it there and I can take some questions. Yeah, we have time for the two questions here. Um, so I think I'll start with. Adam, um, because I actually uh, see that. And then there's unknown. And then Patrick jumped in. So let's take those three questions, but then we're going to have to move on because we have, do have actually a packed agenda. So Adam? Uh, so I think my question is super quick. Um, with uh, connecting to Twitter, it did ask if I wanted to send a tweet out. Do you want us to do that or do you not want us to do that? Uh, so, so we do need you to do that, but we okay. don't mind if you want to do that yourself. So, so the way that works is what we've done and we're actually, um, we're trying to sort of standardize this and, and build a, a concept here that um, I've got a whole sort of white paper, if you like, of how this proof of identities could be worse, work, could work for um, global directories is so take a very quick step back and try not to take too much time on this. The One of the biggest problems with using proxies for payments, so a proxy is something that's not an actual account number. It's something like an email address, a mobile number, a Twitter handle, is that somebody's got to maintain a directory that points those to, to actual financial accounts. So our idea and, and our um, what we think is the solution to that and, and self-sovereignty is don't point it to an account, point it to a wallet. So allow allow me as the user to have a single wallet address um, in the directory point my you know identifier to that um, to that wallet address and then I can control which accounts in my wallet I want to make available under that identifier it's all within my wallet so that's that's what we plan to implement within Famboss and make you know the people will once they have multiple accounts link be able to say well if I use this wallet address then payments coming in should go to this account those kinds of things so that's the that's sort of the design, the, the model that we're thinking about. But what that um, to build on that, uh, we don't we don't want the directory to have to govern that mapping. So you know, if you Adam put your Twitter handle in the directory and say it points to your wallet address at Fainboss, um, we don't want the directory to now have to do a lot of work to figure out: Are you really Adam? Is this really your wallet address? Uh, it can put, it's kind of can be a first come first serve because whoever looks up the, the direct, the identity and the wallet address can go and verify it for themselves. 
And that's why the tweet is put out publicly. So if I've got your Twitter handle and I've got your wallet address, I go to your wallet and on your wallet, there'll be a link to the actual tweet you use to prove that's your Twitter address. So I saw a comment about Keybase. It is 100% exactly like Keybase. We, uh, we, we copied the idea exactly from Keybase. It's a, it's a really powerful way of, of uh, publicly validating that two identifiers belong to the same entity. So for us, you've got a wallet address, you can attach a whole lot of identifiers to it, but nobody has to trust us that those two, those things are tied together. They can see it publicly on your Twitter timeline is a pointer back to your wallet on your wallet is a pointer back to the tweet. And so um, if you wanted to move wallets later, you can just go and delete that tweet and put up something else. And, and if somebody were to go and look for proof that your Twitter handle links to your Fainbrook's wallet, it wouldn't exist anymore. And so um, you, ha you have control over you know, how those verifications work. So that's the thinking there. It's, it, it feels a little bit more heavy handed maybe than, than it needs to be. But the goal is sort of being part of a, a bigger picture where you know, um, we can have these directories that point anything, Twitter handles, you know, um, mobile numbers, whatever. Um, to wallet addresses, and uh, it's really easy for people to set those up in, in a way that's um, publicly verified. Awesome, thank you. All right, well, thank you. That, that's a good, uh, that's a good prompt to, to, to publish the white paper. We've been sharing it with a bunch of other wallets and, and a few people like the Moduli Foundation and, and others, but we, we haven't like published it. So um, I'll, I'll probably look to do something like that in the next month or two. Awesome. All right. Well, if you got more questions for Adrian, you know where to find him or throw them in the chat. I'm sure he'll follow up, but we do need to move on because we want, I'm looking at the time and our, uh, and we, we will, this is a, you know, reboot on a number of fronts. We will probably do some longer engagements and some more share outs and some more like find bosses live things over the next couple of months up to through Absolutely. after and during the summit. Yeah, and, awesome. and I think we're we're we're, we're trying to um, grab a big chunk of agenda in the future, Chris, for a walkthrough and yes. and maybe a, a roadmap preview as well. Yeah, this is just a, a moose bouche. There will be uh, the full chef's tasting menu to come. All right, so Max, you've got a Rafiki update. Is the rumor I've heard? I have a talking update. I don't have any demo, uh, but a quick update from us. I'll make it uh, pretty short. Um, yeah, over the last uh, little bit, we have some new documentation pages under Fiki Dev. Uh, talks about um, how we move around liquidity, uh, how integrators can use um, uh, event handlers to essentially get um, events uh, out of Rafiki and, and Actionos. Uh, we added some Postman API improvements to properly publish uh, versions for each Rafiki release so that we can kind of make sure that you're using the Postman APIs for the correct uh, Rafiki version that you're running. Uh, some additions to the admin API, as well as uh, uh, more features for the admin UI to uh, for integrators to update their and manage their Rafikis. Um, for support and work with Testnet, we've, uh, we've done some work around uh, cross-currency uh, transaction support. Um, I think uh, to me, I will have some more update on that later, but yeah, we've, uh, we've been working closely, of course, with testing the team to get that out. Um, big things right now for us are updating how we do quoting in open payments and fees uh, in Rafiki and open payments uh, to be able to, uh, for different wallets, um, for them to add 
fees as they need, both on the sending and the receiving side. Uh, and another big uh, project for us is um, that it's specifically kind of related to the to the remittance use case is how do we add KYC information to open payments and how do we uh, be able to pass that uh, information along uh, while making payments through uh, open payments APIs and how does Rafiki uh, essentially be able to use that and, and uh, move that data around. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's mostly it. Um, yeah, back to you, Chris. Thank you, Max. All right, and next, uh, Tamea from the Breakpoint team is going to walk us through a demo of where we're at with the testnet. And then uh, hold on, because after that, Distaworks is going to be doing a deep dive into their project. Yes, hello, everyone. So I will just uh, share my screen. And please let me know when you when you see it. There's a lot of background noise from somebody's mic. So if you're not talking, mute your mic. And yes, it's now sharing your screen. There you go. It, it might be a big background noise from my side as well. Sorry for that. I am in a public space. Um, couldn't be helped today, but I will be short and sweet, hopefully. So um, we listen to all of your feedback and we are very grateful for it. So we actually implemented a lot of uh, requested features. And one of them is that when you sign up, when you register for a new uh, testnet wallet account, then you will have to verify your email. And um, I will not register right now because I already showed you the registration a lot of times, but you will get an email to verify your account. And you have to confirm your email address first um, if you want to uh, continue the sign-up process. And um, Another very requested feature is to be able to log out of your account. So we are able to do so. And um, if you are logged out and you forgot your password, yes, we implemented this feature as well, a highly requested one. So just have to enter your email address and you will receive a similar email to reset your password. So yeah, that's okay. It happens to everyone. So reset your password here and then you can log in to um, uh, to your real email that you verified. So um, I will log in again, I think, okay. So um, for all of this to be applied to your real email addresses, we will be doing the clean sandbox uh, this week or the beginning of next week. That means that every data will be deleted again. And for the final time, fingers crossed, this should be the final time that we reset the database because now we have the verify email, we have the forgotten password the functionality. So if you register with your real email, it should be okay and you will never lose it again. So uh, I will do a note in the Slack channel to let everyone know when that happens, but it should be this week or the beginning of next. So um, just uh, keep an eye out on that. So these are three um, great features that we have, but we have uh, a few more. What we implemented is um, we only had US dollar transactions available. Now we also managed to do the Euro transactions. And in the meantime, um, we managed to fix a lot of bugs on testnet and Rafiki side regarding cross currency. And other uh, currencies are coming really soon, but right now you are able to send 
uh, euros to dollar accounts or euro to euro. So this currency exchange is possible. So if I want to send from euro to, um, let's say, uh, I copy a US payment pointer, that is now possible. And let's do an amount of 10. Hi, everyone. And the quote is here, and the quote now has the sending. Of course, you are sending 10 euros, but the recipient is getting dollars. So we have this exchange uh, rate applied as well. And the fee is in euros, the amount that you are sending. So this is another feature that we implemented. And um, another interesting feature that uh, feedback that we got is that uh, transactions can be uh, not only completed but expired as well or pending. And for the request uh, amount, we have added here an expiry. So you can actually test uh, when a transaction is expired or how it expires if you want to do so. And um, if you don't set this up, it means that it's the default 30 days of um, the Rafiki setting, I think. But you can do this for, for example, if I do one second, um, it means that the expiry is set to one second, but actually it will be a little bit more until Rafiki processes this transaction. So I do this request and I will not fulfill it. So we will have this 10 um, euro expired transaction if we go to the list. And another feedback received that, that is when we do transactions, we had the transaction list right here at the payment pointer with the view, but um, we still have that right now. But right, uh, we also have this new transaction option here when you can see every transaction that you did for all payment pointers, for all currencies with pagination, you can see the pumping of your account. You will, have to be, you will be able to see if you withdraw money from your account. And we have some filters over here um, to the status expired. We have the expired that I just set up. We have completed. I don't have any pending, so that will be empty. And you will be able to filter all of your transactions. And um, we also added the possibility uh, to edit your public name of your payment pointer if you want to do so. And the delete the payment pointer was there already, so this is nothing new, just the um, red X moved to this menu point. Okay, and another um, interesting thing that we managed to finish up is the developer keys in the settings. Um, the, uh, the developer keys, API keys, the private and public keys, I think mainly the private is used in the open payments. So you are able to generate the public and the private key. The private key is automatically downloaded so you can save, save it and is also displayed uh, one time over here if uh, the generation is successful and you can copy it. And then if you close this, you will only have access to it when um, you go to the saved file. So we generated it. We have a key ID over here. It was created on um, the 9th and we have a public key that you can, um, we can it can be displayed every time you click on this button. And of course you can do a revoke payment pointer keys 
and generate them again. Every payment pointer has their separate public and private key generation possibility um, because uh, the open payments um, need to be used by separate payment pointers. So uh, each one has their, their um, separate one, separate fees. And I think for the updates, that, that's about it. So upcoming, upcoming uh, functionalities will be multiple currencies, like many more currencies available and some other small fixes. Right now, we do know about an existing um, bug uh, when you do a transaction from euro to um, euro, I think, then the quote is displaying a little bit weird numbers, but the fix is already done and um, we will be updating that when we do the clean sandbox. Uh, so that means really soon. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's the, that's the new stuff. So, thank you for the quick for the quick demo. <laughs> thank you. It's exciting to track these updates on the testnet, and of course, you can get the links to play around with this yourself um, many times um, in the uh, show notes. Uh, show notes in the in the agenda. Um, there we go. And all right, so I want to hand it over to our friends and grantees knee at Fistaworks is going to go do a deep dive on their project and see you know this work and the protocol and financial inclusion out there in the ecosystem um kicking tail and taking names so Fistaworks, i'm handing it over to you all thank you chris um i just turned on my camera very briefly to show my face that i am real uh but i am on the road now so my connection is a little bit weak and i wasn't told that uh my uh, video froze before so i will turn off my camera again uh, i am requesting yay to uh share the uh the presentation uh, Nye, could you please uh, turn on the uh the deck um i have a few colleagues uh, joining me uh Ang is our cto Nyane and Sule are from our project team. Right? We have four colleagues from Tesawox on this call. Uh, Nyane, we can see the screen. Can you please uh, make it a presentation mode? Thank you. And thanks, Chris, thanks, Chris uh, for the opportunity uh, for us to uh, talk about our project. Uh, we've been working on this uh, for a while now, uh, but, you know, Apart from sharing some of the highlights uh, at the, uh, uh, you know, some calls, uh, you know, we, we were, you know, largely quiet. Uh, there was a, uh, you know, a pause in the project, uh, you know, during, uh, you know, the, the first phase. Uh, but, you know, we are uh, happy right, to be uh, on track uh, again. Uh, and uh, we just completed the uh, phase one of the other uh, project at the end of June. Right? And this is uh, a, a summary of what we learned right during the phase one and what we hope to uh, achieve uh, in the uh, upcoming uh, phases right? um so we'd like to uh, you know, share with you uh, first of all about you know what the, the background on the project uh, what we are uh, you know planning to do what we uh, learn and also um, what we would like to do in terms of the financial inclusion right uh, for the um, uh, uh, you know, for the uh, the users in Myanmar. Uh, Yen, uh, this is not a, um, uh, the presentation mode yet. Uh, Yen, could you please uh, click on the presentation mode to see the full screen? Uh, while Yen is doing that, uh, let me give you a very brief background about uh, the uh, the country of our operation uh, in Myanmar. Right? Myanmar is a, uh, a country in Southeast Asia. Um, I'm sure, you know, many of you have heard heard uh, the unfortunate uh, 
the political you know crisis that is ongoing in the country uh the country has only 17 percent of uh, you know people who are financially included let me turn off my camera just so that i don't lose connection um it's it's a, uh, a country with a very high uh you know financially excluded uh, people um around uh 80 percent of the people uh, do not use formal financial systems they are outside of the uh, the system it's a, a very cash uh you know based uh you know society and when we started this project uh, we wanted to uh, focus on helping the microfinance borrowers in the country right use formal financial services to repay their loans and the uh, uh make the disbursement right through the mobile wallets so our financial inclusion uh, using the intelligent protocol has been focusing on uh, started with a focus on the uh, loan repayments and loan disbursement for the microfinance borrowers in our country uh, in Myanmar about 10 percent of the population are the microfinance borrowers uh, but since then uh, in 2021 there's there was a coup and uh, the, uh, the the this political crisis has actually uh, forced many of the people in the country to migrate to neighboring countries so um, they are uh, there's an influx of the uh, migrant workers in the neighboring countries now who are now sending the remittance back to the other country to help their families and many of many of them are also repaying the microfinance loans so uh, our definition of the other uh, financially uh, you know inclusive payment network expand from the uh, the domestic to also include cross-border use case so right now uh, in this project uh, for this net right um, we are going to be focusing on three use cases microfinance loan repayments uh, microfinance uh, the uh, disbursement and the um, the cross-border uh, maybe you can go back one slide up um, the 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 problem for the finance institutions, right, and for the users, there is a, a common uh, commonality right between them. That that is that uh, the there is a lack of interoperability, right, for the other users and also for the finance institutions to connect to each other. There are more than thirty uh, wallets right, in the country. Uh, we have one hundred eighty-three microfinance uh, institutions, uh, over twenty-eight. Um, uh, banks and they are all currently connected to each other bilaterally right? so that has always been uh, a big challenge of both for the users and also for the financial institutions and with this project uh, we are trying to address that as the uh, one of the major uh, pain point and of course uh, the many of the MFIs also do not have the co-banking system that they need to be able to connect to the uh, the real-time payment uh, network uh, for the users uh, the cross-border remittances is uh, very expensive and uh, the the uh, a lot of the uh, um, the, uh, the users and the uh, also the financial institutions that we want to target, which is the uh, the, uh, the microfinance institutions uh, at the uh, second or third tier of the the, the financial uh, institution uh, you know, layer, right? Do not have the uh, the digital literacy or the technical capabilities to actually um, you know to use the uh, the real time uh, payment network uh, as uh, it is designed traditionally in many other places so we need to come up with uh, the solutions and the bridge right uh, to bring them uh, uh, you know um, on, on board and so we will be talking about uh, the the solution um yeah, can you please move to the next slide please okay so the solutions that uh, we uh, thought about right 
can be uh, broken down into two parts. Right? It's a two-prong approach. Right? Uh, one uh, solution is actually to bring the MFIs right, who are offline right, from uh, connecting to uh, the real-time payment networks. Right? So uh, out of 183 MFIs, right, we have uh, around 160 MFIs with either no co-banking system or with co-banking system that does not have a uh, API capabilities. And because of that, they are excluded from uh, connecting to a real-time payment network. Right? Um, in, in another project that we are doing, right, this works is also implementing, deploying Moja Loop as the, uh, the real-time uh, payment network in Myanmar. Right? So uh, when we uh, started uh, the, the project in with the IntelliJ uh, Foundation, what we wanted to do was to create a, a bridge right, um, you know, using a payment portal, a web-based payment portal that will enable the uh, uh, MFIs without any co-banking system to connect to the um, uh, the real-time payment network to use this as a bridge, right? To uh, you know connect right, to to the uh, uh, Mojalu uh, the deploying uh, system. So that was the uh, the first uh, step that we we did. The uh, in the uh, the second step, right? What we are currently uh, designing, uh, you know, uh, for the preparing for the prototype is to create the uh, the connectors who will uh, that will connect the uh, cross-network providers or the uh, remittance service providers from the neighboring countries, right, uh, to remit money back to Myanmar. And uh, we, we want to, uh, you know, use the intelligent connectors, right, uh, you know, for that purpose, connecting the different remittance service providers in uh, the neighboring countries like Thailand, uh, Singapore, Korea, Japan. Right? Um, there are five countries that we have in mind. Uh, you know, we'll start with uh, the the, the closest country, Thailand, uh, but then will expand into other neighboring countries uh, where uh, there's a majority of uh, Myanmar migrant workers right, currently working and remitting money back. Right? So that's the, uh, the, the, the high level overview of the, the solution. Um, and using this two right, combination, right, we will be able to uh, unlock the, uh, um, the people who are financially excluded right, uh, from getting access to finance uh, and also getting uh, access to the uh, financial system, not only domestically, but also, you know, uh, from the, uh, uh, the, the, the cross-border uh, remittance uh, network, right? So the, uh, just to recap again, right, theme, this uh, payment portal is the uh, portal that will connect the microfinance institutions, right, who are, are not able to traditionally connect to the uh, real-time payment network. And these are X connectors are the, uh, the connectors uh, who will, um, you know, connect uh, between the remittance service providers and also with the, uh, the this uh, payment portal to have access to the uh, microfinance uh, institutions who are not able to receive um, the loan repayments or loan disbursement uh, through the mobile wallet, right? Um, uh, any other way. Uh, yeah, next slide, please. I have, uh, you know, touched base on, right, you know, a lot of the, the objectives that are listed here. So I will not, you know, go through that. Um, the financial inclusion is, uh, you know, very uh, uh, the uh, important part of uh, you know our mission in the works. And with this, uh, you know, project, right, we are also uh, hoping that 
will be able to use digital payment as the uh, tool to drive financial inclusion. So that's the, uh, the a major you know focus for that. Um, we we and talk about the uh, the combination of uh, Tesanet, uh, which is the uh, the solution, the name of the solution that we are you know calling. Uh, Tesanet has two components. Right on phase one, right, which is the uh, uh, the the purple box, right. We uh, built the prototype for this payment portal. We tested with two MFIs, got their feedback, and then we are uh, continue to refine right this. Right? Uh, having that piece will enable the MFIs right to it, to connect to Moja Loop, right, to start making uh, loan uh, repayments and loan disbursement. In the next phase, right, we are uh, Beginning to look at the design, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful for the the support from uh, Max and Sabine and uh, Alex uh, from the Intelligent Foundation, right, to help right our technical team, right, to understand, uh, you know, more on how we could, right, uh, you know, use ILP, uh, uh, you know, in 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 our uh, the design, and also right how we could. Also add on, right, based on our experience with our other, uh, you know, real-time payment uh, deployments, how we could also add on additional uh, components that will help uh, actually serve the remittance service providers. They are remittance service providers, right, who are in touch with us in the, those neighboring countries who want to remit money back to Myanmar. Uh, because Myanmar has a, a unique right, situation uh, right now, right, we think that it is a really uh, good use case for us to, to, to see how we could use ILP to, to drive that. And once we have that up and running, we also believe that uh, it is not limited that uh, use case and that uh, functionality is not limited to uh, Myanmar and that uh, there are other other countries right uh, in both in Asia and also in uh, Africa that uh, we have uh, you know seen where this use cases are also uh, uh, the relevant right so we are really excited about uh, this uh, you know the, this journey right but you know uh, for 2023 right um, we will focus on building this out right so this is a uh, I would say um, not a completed uh, solution, uh, but a solution that is in design. Uh, but you know, we are uh, really excited, you know, about about that. Um, next slide, please. So in the next, uh, you know, three slides, right? I will, you know, quickly go through the uh, the first part of the solution, uh, where we have already built the prototype, uh, have tested, and that is only one part of uh, this uh, you know the final solution right in this this uh, you know payment portal right, which is a web-based uh, portal where the uh, mfis right, can use to receive uh, loan uh, repayments and um the uh, the disbursement right we are targeting a very specific set of uh, mfis right so we have uh, out of 183 mfis in Myanmar, right some mfis with the co-banking system with abn capabilities can connect to uh, the real-time payment network Right, without any, uh, you know, additional layer, right? They have uh, the API uh, integration through, um, you know, any connectors that they want to use, right, to connect to a real-time payment switch, right? But for the MFIs, right, without uh, any API capabilities or without any co-banking systems, right, we are offering uh, this uh, payment portal as the uh, the portal where they will uh, authenticate themselves, right? Uh, they will sign up, they will authenticate themselves, and then they be they use that as their own uh, system to start connecting with the other uh, real-time payment switch. But the way that they would then right, um, issue the um, 
the payment instruction, right, is to upload a CSV file to this portal, right? They have a maker checker role. They um, will log into the system and then they will upload a, a payment uh, instruction uh, in a CSV file, right, to, um, you know, send the, uh, the, the, uh, the money to different wallets or then uh, the, the borrowers, right, who are also right, borrowing money from these MFIs, right, can also repay to those MFIs, right, uh, through the to their wallet, and then right, these MFIs who are not connected right, through APIs will uh, log into uh, our portal and then will receive the uh, the payment uh, receipts uh, from the other wallets, right, uh, and then they can uh, view it, they can manage it in the system, and then they can also download it, right, uh, to uh, to to their systems to reconcile that. Right. So, Ying, uh, can you please move on to um, this? Is the uh, the repayment of uh, the workflow? Right. Uh, for the first one is the uh, uh, the normal workflow for the MFI clients, right, to use the wallet to repay the loans and uh, uh, and um, you know recorded in the uh, the co banking systems of the MFI. The second of the workflow is where the MFI will come in and then right uh, when they repay the loan, right, instead of uh, it is connected to the MFI and Cobank system, uh, it will be uh, the uh, sent to the uh, this payment portal where the uh, MFI admins will log in and receive the uh, the payment uh, instructions from there. The settlement between the the wallets and the uh, the MFIs happens uh, you know normally right uh, you know with their own settlement arrangement right they will be a settlement bank where uh, the actual money is settled. Uh, you know this layer is the uh, the messaging layer where we are actually uh, you know clearing the uh, the money being sent right between these organizations. Uh, next slide please. This is the disbursement, right? So the same, uh, you know, flow uh, for the uh, the API in integration layer uh, for the uh, MFIs without any uh, API integration. What they will do is they will authenticate themselves in the uh, this payment portal, and then they will upload a uh, the Excel, um, the uh, you know instruction with the CSV, and then it will be connected to the uh, uh, the real-time payment switch, right, to then disperse to all the wallets, right? So uh, this, uh, these two use cases have been uh, tested and that, you know, uh, MFIs are very excited about this capability. Uh, in, in many of the countries that we are, uh, you know, we have partners and uh, we have, uh, you know, different uh, ongoing projects. Uh, this uh, payment portal has also been, uh, um, you know, identified as one of the, uh, the, the, the tools that will help the uh, financial institutions, right? Uh, it could be credit union, uh, it could be um, the uh, cooperatives, it could be MFIs, right? Normally, uh, the financial institutions in tier two or tier three, right? And many of uh, those, uh, you know, the, the tier two or tier three uh, financial institutions, right, are also are lacking behind uh, their digital transformations. Right? Um, only maybe the top few uh, and large, the largest of those uh, financial institutions will have the uh, systems that are capable of integrating directly with the real-time payment switch. Right? For many of the other systems, they will need to use uh, a portal like this right, to be able to actually uh, take advantage of the real-time payment, uh, uh, the systems that are being implemented in their countries. So as the uh, the real-time payment systems are being rolled out, 
I think right, the need for this portal is going to become uh, even more, uh, you know, uh, crucial. And this is, uh, you know, the, the trend that, that we are seeing. Uh, next slide, please. So uh, this is uh, the uh, the remittance, you know, portion of our solution, right? Uh, so this net, as I mentioned, right, has two components, right? One is to address the uh, the offline uh, the MFIs. Another one is to address the uh, the cross border remittance, so that people who are sending money back from the uh, the uh, uh, the our neighboring countries, right, back into the country, can also repay loans of their family members and also, uh, you know. Um, the um, you know deposit money uh, into the either credit unions or the MFIs, right? So that's the uh, the intention uh, behind that, right? So in short, right, uh, these are X right connectors are interledger uh, connectors, right? So these are ILB connectors, right? So uh, in addition to ILB connectors, right, what we are adding is right different components that uh, we uh, will need to uh, make this uh, the money transfer not only complete but also uh, address the uh, the business use case. Right? So uh, we are looking at the uh, the business requirements from remittance service providers right who are remitting money back for the uh, the first uh, you know portion of this project right we are we will only be focusing on the inbound remittance from uh, the neighboring countries back to Myanmar uh, we will not be uh, you know working on the outbound remittance from Myanmar to other countries so there's like only one way one direction that we'll be focusing on there will be remittance license remittance service provider in the uh, sending country and there will also be a licensed remittance uh, receiver uh, in Myanmar, right, who will be able to, right, uh, you know, receive this, right? Uh, now, you know, we are going to be providing the technology uh, that will allow the either the mobile wallet users or via agent, right, in the Thailand, Singapore, Korea, Japan to send uh, money back, uh, and then uh, it will be either received in wallets in Myanmar or in the MFI, uh, either saving accounts or loan accounts, right, in the, uh, uh, in Myanmar. And uh, this, uh, you know, the uh, the solution uh, blueprint uh, is, is something that uh, we have uh, designed conceptually, uh, but uh, we would love to start building this uh, as a, you know, a prototype in the next phase, right? So this is, uh, you know, where we are right now. So this is not a, um, a, a finished resolution that we are presenting, but uh, you know the as a result of the phase one, right? Uh, the uh, this is the, um, the the prototype uh, design that that we have that we would like to implement it in uh, by the end of 2023, right? So that we can uh, start uh, testing that, right? Um, you know, in 2024 forward. Uh, next slide, please. So that. This uh, high-level system architecture is actually expanding on right uh, a slide before right in the slide before right uh, where we are shown uh, is a um, sort of a one-to-one -one, uh, the uh, remittance uh, flow uh, from a remittance service provider in Ireland uh, sending money back to remittance service uh, provider who will receive this right in Myanmar right. Uh, what we see happening is that right um, once we have that in place, once we have the uh, the this, uh, X right uh, connectors right uh, uh, in place, we will be able to start uh, bringing the um, 
the uh, remittance service providers right onto this network right uh, basically by deploying uh, additional this x connectors for additional remittance uh, service providers in singapore korea japan right without having to roll out right um you know all the pieces again and that once they are connected they are not only be, be able to send money back from uh you know, from Japan to Myanmar, for example, but they can also send money from Japan to Thailand and Japan to Singapore and Singapore to uh, Thailand and Singapore to Myanmar, right? Uh, that, you know, they will be, they will have access to all the uh, the uh, financial institutions who are connected to this net, right, uh, via this X, right? And of course, you know, beyond that, right, we have this, uh, 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 yeah, you know, dream that, this will also enable us to connect to a larger intelligent network, right? That, you know, uh, they, because these are all ILP connectors that any financial institutions who are using ILP connectors, uh, you know, will be uh, a, a potential uh, partners for these financial institutions to, to connect. So uh, uh, for us, right, we see this as uh, the growing ecosystem uh, for the, Intelligent, uh, you know, the ILP uh, network, and that right will uh, benefit, um, you know, from uh, having, uh, you know, this right uh, also applied to this. Uh, very quickly, business model, right? Uh, you know, we are, you know, going to be uh, looking at uh, different kind of revenue streams, right, to roll this out, right? Uh, we have a uh, you know, very interesting uh, talk with the remittance service providers, right, who are interested in, right, uh, you know, using the technology, and then we hope that we'll be able to uh, commercialize that, right, uh, very soon. Uh, right now, uh, we are in a, um, we just completed phase one, right? Uh, we already completed the, uh, uh, the prototype of the first part of the solution. For the second part of the solution, we are hoping that we'll be able to embark on that in the uh, second part of 2023. And 2024, uh, this is where we would like to uh, roll this out. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, yeah. Right, so we just talk about the business model and the uh, development process. Uh, Chris, you are muted. Am I, how am I doing in time? Well, we're up against it, if I'm honest. Okay. So right. why don't you go ahead and wrap it up? This recording will be available and we can we will share out the slide deck, but why don't you maybe let people know how to reach you or what they should be looking for from you coming going forward? Sure, Chris. Thank you so much. Um we will share this deck with you. And this deck has um, you know, it, in addition to all this, uh, you know, the, the information, there's also a set of uh, slides uh, for the, uh, the functionality of uh, the system. If any of the, uh, uh, the, the ecosystem partners, right, in this call or, you know, in any other calls are interested in having the, the first part of our solution, which is the this payment portal, uh, developed uh, with the help of the IntelliJ, uh, you know, foundation, right? we are very thankful for that. It is ready to use, right? Um, if you have in, any of your uh, the local deployments, the financial institutions who are not able to connect to real-time payment network, right? This is the solution that could help you. Right? Please reach out to us. Uh, Nain, uh, please uh, go to the uh, the last slide. Right? I think there's a the, uh, the um the email address uh, uh where you can contact us. Right? But you are we are on the Slack and we are on uh, you know many different places where you can reach us. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thanks for everyone for joining um, and staying till the end. I would say 100% this is a great shout out for the Interledger Slack channel. 
believe probably everybody here is there. If you're not, be there. But you can, you know, you can post a, a public comment. You can reach out to the historic team directly. Um, also, reach out to Vanille or I or anybody on the New Ledger staff, and we're happy to make connections. Um, and also, if you want and you didn't get a question answered or some other comment, just throw it in that public note-taking doc, and we will route them to the appropriate places. And with that, look for the recording and the share outs in the next couple of days, which is an action packed meeting. I told you we'd be right up against it. And we are. And uh, we thank you all for joining. And we will see you in a month and on the Slack channels.